0: If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Thank you for stopping by the Hoarding Solution podcast. I'm so happy that you are taking the time to take a listen to what we're doing over here, talking about all the things related to hoarding, including things like trauma, anxiety, depression, and even the suicide aspect, because I believe in some cases that people are attempting suicide by stuff, which is really scary. And it means the issues haven't been addressed yet. And that's where I see our role here is to talk about what's going on in these often daunting situations. And today I'm going to talk about the things we keep. And I know that sometimes I'm very focused on creating space, which is very necessary, and when you create space, it allows you to focus more on the things you do want to have, the things you do want to keep, and so today I'll just talk a little bit about some of the things I've decided to keep, and um, the first place I keep a lot of these things, of course, is in my heart and in my mind. And I remember things like uh, having conversations with my younger brother. You know, I remember us traveling on a journey to Denmark to see Legoland when we were teenagers through Make-A-Wish. And that was just a really cool experience. So I hold that very dear in my memory. Um, but then I have sadness, too, because my brother passed away many years ago And he struggled with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. So there is sadness there too. I will also say that I'm very grateful for the time I got to spend with him um, when he lived close to me and, well, three hours away, but I was able to spend time with him. And those are things that I hold dear in my memory. And happiness, just he had a great sense of humor And I always remember laughing a lot with him, uh, no matter how much pain he was in. So there's a lot of good things there that I hold dear when it comes to my family. And another piece I'll talk about a little bit is the memories of my grandpa. And that is always a bittersweet because I always feel like I should have spent more time with him as a kid, as a young adult, Um, but I did spend quality time with him the time that I did have. And so he died on Christmas day, I think about 20 years ago now. And so Christmas has always been one of my favorite holidays, but then it makes me sad to know that that's when he died. Yet we had great conversations. He always made me feel valuable and important. He always sent uh, oranges and pecans. And so other memories I hold dear of him and other family members as well who are many are passed on now but i have a lot of good memories of of people in my life that i choose to keep those memories and then of course you have the physical things that you keep that might be photos or coffee cups or mementos different types of stickers or christmas ornaments like there's so many different things that you can hold on to that hold those memories And actually this morning when I was clearing some magnets off my fridge, I started to realize that maybe I only need one memento when I travel. Maybe it just needs to be something small to remind me of the journey. And so learning, I think, how to downsize into what is manageable for you is really a valuable skill, especially if you grew up in a hoarded home and like it always seemed like more is more and more is better sometimes less is more and less is better and that's where um, where I'm coming to that there are things that I have that I really don't need but what about the ones that do hold some kind of memory and I'm looking at a silly one right now but my cat Felix passed away a couple years ago and I have a little cat dish a little glass cat dish that was his and I washed it and everything but now I put a candle in it and um, it makes me think of him but there's also light that comes from that and light because he was um, the first new to me pet I got after a necessary divorce so he was kind of my transition cat and um it was hard when I lost him because he he was a feisty little feral guy um but he also was kind of domesticated in his older age and so I recognized I think the fight in him and I think that's what kind of made him um really a special pet to me although I've had other amazing pets that I can probably should talk about later because um well I'll just mention her Sophie was one that um spent time with me and with my brother so there was like a connecting point when that cat passed and but I hold really sweet memories of her as well and you know the other thing we have to learn I think as a skill uh, is to let people in and that's really hard to do especially if you were in an environment where you weren't allowed to welcome people in, or maybe you could, but it was just too unfriendly of an environment uh, to allow people in, whether it was a hoarding, or uh, people in your life that had drug or alcohol issues. I mean, there's a lot of shame that is attached to some of these things. And even as a kid, if you can't, you maybe can't verbalize it or explain it. But it's like a presence that's there. And you know, Um, That it isn't quite what other people are doing or living in. And so there's this uh, difficult piece of letting people in. And there's something called doorbell dread that a lot of people, um, especially us adult kids of parents that hoard or youth living in the hoard that might be um, finding their way out. Maybe they're in college or in the military or they've been able to move out and have a job. And so you're learning how to navigate these new relationships with, without maybe a lot of guidance. Um, I know, for example, like some hoarded homes don't have uh, running water. I had that experience. Um, also, some homes just don't have appropriate doors like on the bathroom or you don't have a privacy basically. And so those boundaries are really daunting to navigate like figuring out um, how do you have a good boundary when it comes to some of these things and so it we fear a lot of of things and unfortunately that's also one of the things we keep is that fear of being judged of being uh, worried about people thinking less than of you and I've kind of told the story before where um, I can have my house as clean as possible, in my estimation, floors mopped, everything dusted, put away. And still, there's going to be this rogue dust bunny that rolls out as soon as I open the door because the wind, you know, hit the couch cushion just right. And all of a sudden, out rolls a dust bunny that follows my guest around. And so, it's something kind of pretty minor. But if you grew up in an environment where you felt judged for the care or lack of care about the home, it's a really like, it really pops up for you traumatically sometimes when it wouldn't for other people. And the other piece I would like to say about that is that in general, as an adult, people come to see you or your family or your kids or your pet or whatever, like they are more focused on that human interaction than they are about the state of your home. Unless it is like a severely hoarded situation where there are a lot of health and safety hazards happening. In that case, that person might have a different response to your environment. But by and large, if you are living in a place that is useful, and you're able to use all your utilities and your bathroom and your stove and all that all that mostly people just want to come in and have a seat and drink coffee like that's what you know people do if you're not in a weird situation and so it's just one of those things is learning what's okay um you know but on the other hand that can impact your personal relationships like you might choose people who don't respect boundaries or don't know about boundaries, and that causes problems for you later in life, because you didn't have some of that guidance to help you figure that out, and I, I went through therapy myself, and one of the concepts that uh, came up was this idea of reparenting yourself, and so I believe that it, for me, in large part, was about learning that I'm valuable, and I'm worthy, I don't have to qualify for this, you know, I just I have this God-given innate value. Like there is nothing I have to do that makes me valuable. And I think the messaging in a place where the kids don't matter as much or the value isn't placed as highly on them as in other homes that you really struggle with feeling like you're valuable or worthy or that you even matter. And so that's a really difficult mental dynamic to come over or to overcome if you have gotten this messaging either subtle or directly that you don't matter as much as the stuff or you don't matter as much as the money or the drugs or the alcohol or other chaos or drama, you know, if if something is always going on and the kid is never getting the full on attention that they need, it's really hard to feel like you're valuable later on in life. And I will say also that it's important to recognize that the people in our lives, our parents do the best they can often with what they have. You may not think that it is the best. And I know that I did not. But I also, as I'm older now, I can appreciate more of the struggle that was happening at the time. And um, I'm more aware of that now, but it doesn't negate the fact that I had a lot of issues with feeling valuable or worthy or whether or not i i mattered enough to have some degree of self-esteem and i struggled a lot with that uh when i was younger and so anyhow all that to say that we we struggle with letting people in for fear of more judgment or fear of um more harm coming our way, which also is why some people hoard because they've been harmed by people in numerous ways. And hoarding is a way to keep people at bay. And it's kind of a protective measure um, where they're nesting and making a safe space for themselves, even if it would not appear safe. So it's valuable, I think, to recognize that there are things that you want to keep, And there's things you want to let go. And it's just a matter of figuring out what that looks like for you. And so I'll just kind of do a little recap that some of the things that I have kept are memories. um, And I keep that in my mind, in my heart. Some of the physical things I've kept are things like photos, coffee cups, mementos, like I have Christmas ornaments. And also it's about letting people in and knowing who to keep out and that is also a skill to to cultivate as you go forward. And I always think that I'm a work in progress, no matter how how much progress I make, I'm still a work in progress. And if you are a person that struggles at all with any type of self-worth or questioning that um, and needing just connecting, Um, on that issue I have a group called extreme self-worth and I'll put a link to that in the show notes but I just know that sometimes we have to take extreme measures to get to a place of feeling adequate and valuable so um, I invite you to check that out as well so I thank you for stopping by the hoarding solution podcast and I wish you a very happy holiday and may May all our dreams come true in 2021. If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution.